0: wanted to start this podcast to share hunting stories of my experiences and what I've done over the years. There's so much more that is involved in hunting than just pulling the trigger and killing an animal. We wanna be inspirational, educational, but we also wanna have a good time and teach you how to have a good time as well. My goal with hunting day is to share experiences. Well, my guest today is Brody Prudnik what's your go-to weapon
1: you know i really like to to turkey hunt with shotguns man it's it's really not all about the calling it's it's more about knowing what way that bird's going i run up there jump on him scream as loud as i can in excitement because these birds are so hard to kill man it's
0: great like you know because i'm I, i smoke this thing right every
1: year in the spring in college we had a wild turkey burger party what is your
0: all-time favorite hunt
1: it's it's not hard man it's it's titan
0: that's my all-time favorite brody hunting story right yeah season in season out you got crazy you got crazy all right guys and gals we are back on hunting day with steven robbins i'm your host steven robbins and we have our guest brody prudnik he is back for another episode we covered a lot of material in last week's episode we weren't able to run him off yet <laughs> not, yet. <laughs> not yet. yet not yet Not yet. sorry so brody let's talk turkey some more okay so there are a bunch of different subspecies of turkey across america and uh give us the rundown
1: you've got the Easterns, obviously on the Eastern part of the U S in my opinion, the hardest bird to kill, um, down South, you've got the Osceola and really centralized in Florida and just right around their surrounding States. And then in between those two, you'll have a little bit of a hybrid, the Eastern and Osceola kind of interbreed there, um, but obviously we're talking about major species here, guys. So the, there's four in the U S so Eastern Osceola, you know, the Rios are over in, uh, South central U S. Um, and then you've got the Merriam's which are in the West, Midwest, West. And a lot of people say that those are the, uh, the easiest to kill. The I,
0: I can attest to that because we spent <laughs> a lot of time in Colorado Um, on a trip, I think it was like 2010, 2011, I'm not really sure. And, uh, there were a lot of birds that got killed in camp and I had never been in a turkey camp to to where so many birds guys were limiting out within the first one to two days. And I'm like, what is going on here? And I'm like, maybe it's because. I don't know. I just didn't know, you know, and I was like, okay, maybe it's because we're bringing tactics from the East Coast out here. Maybe it's just something different, right? But uh, come find out. We really weren't that good of turkey hunters. They're just dumb birds.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I tell you what I think, Stevie, too, and I've talked to some obviously really good turkey hunters. The main advantage a turkey has in the East is, you know, are the hills, the mountains, the terrain, because it's a smaller animal. It's it's tough to, you know, get within 40 yards of this thing that can see you from a mile away. But when you can get set up and like kill flatland birds, you know, you got the decoys out, they can see the decoy from a mile away. So they're coming to the decoy. If they're not coming to the decoy, you know, it's easy to access the, the direction that they're going. Think about a bird that, you know, he's roosted on a hilltop. You know, you can be any way around him, any direction around him. You don't really know where he's going. So he comes off the hill and he's going the total opposite way. So you got to hike up the mountain, get across the mountain, get down to him and try to get in front of him the way that he's going. Um, I know I said that really fast guys, but the point is, <laughs> Flatland birds are much easier to access and with Turkey hunting access is everything. Yeah. That's how I started killing more birds as I, I started paying attention to how to get in front of these birds. It's, it's really not all about the calling. It's, it's more about knowing what way that bird's going because when he's got hens with him, especially early season, a lot of these birds are hend up. There's a lot of hens that need bread. So you may be trying to hunt a Turkey or a couple birds that have four or five, six hens with them. There's no way one hen is bringing the whole flock, you know, over to her. Right. Those birds want that hen to come to them. Right. So the only way you can do that as a person imitating a hen is to figure out which way they're going so you can make sure they walk by you. Yep. It's, yeah. it's kind of that simple, man. That's my one tip in Turkey hunting, you know, don't over call, get in front of the bird first, make sure you figure out which way he's going, get over there before he does get set up. And when you do call and you're right in his vicinity, you're 95% chance of, of him coming to you and getting the shot.
0: I like it. I even like the 95% because you're right. If you know where he's going, the re- all you got to do is execute at that point. Short of some sort of craziness, it's happening, right? What do you do once you've killed a turkey, right? Because something that we haven't talked on that you do is you own Ray's Rub, right? And I know that someone who owns a rub company, you know how to cook a turkey, right? So tell me, how do you handle your turkey in the field after you've pulled the trigger and he's dead? What do you do?
1: Well, I was going to tell you before you say, what do I do right after I kill a bird? I run up there, jump on him, scream as loud as I can in excitement because these birds are so hard to kill, man. And, you know, if you kill two or three or four of them a season, all legal, different states, different tags, You know i killed four birds one year that's the best season i've had i got another buddy that's had seven eight in five different states and that is just so darn hard to do and it's so rewarding man to kill that many turkeys and uh and of course we're eating them all so when i run up to a bird and he's officially done you know i'm going to take some pictures and fan him out and everything first check out his spurs Text to the buddies, bird down, all that good stuff, yep. and uh, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna breast him, man. I don't I don't like to, and when I say breast him, I'm gonna cut down the center of his chest, like, you know, yep. like your breast in a, a chicken, <laughs> but most people don't do that themselves, but I'm going to cut right down the center of his chest, get all those, uh, get all those feathers out of the way. Now, obviously the, the skin, you want to get right under that skin and then you can pull back all the skin and yep. the feathers are going to go with it. Um, and then you can kind of cut down the breast and cut around back towards the entrails and everything there and pull out two big breasts yep. and Turkey breasts are usually, three, four pounds, I'd say. You kill a really big bird, you may have a five-pound breast. Um, And and my favorite thing to do with wild turkey, guys, is make turkey burger. Um, And I'll tell you my secret recipe here in a second. But I I do also take the drumsticks from the turkey. Every piece of meat that you can eat off a turkey, I take it. But what I do with the the drumsticks is I usually just cut them off at the elbow. And then I'll kind of cut that ball joint off down by the the hip there on the turkey. And I'll take those separate and then I'll take the two breasts and I'll put them in a Ziploc and I'll take them home. I don't like to like pluck a turkey, a wild turkey. In my opinion, wild turkeys get a little bit dry. There's going to be some people that hear this and, and disagree because they have a special way of cooking them, but I love the deep fry turkeys. Okay. So Thanksgiving we'll do deep fried turkey. We'll inject it Wild turkeys tend to dry out. They're not quite as fatty. You're not deep frying a 30-pound turkey. You know what I mean? You're deep frying a with his feathers off like a 12-pound turkey or something. So just a lot harder to deep fry a bird. So, yeah, I'll breast them out, take the drumsticks, and then to the kitchen for the turkey burger, baby.
0: Okay. Turkey burger. That's right up April's alley because I smoked – the two uh breaths from uh ava and zoe's birds over the weekend i yesterday i threw it on the um pellet smoker and uh rubbed it down with ray's rub i think you saw that post there and uh good man, doing, man dude amazing right my mom april's mom like our families ate it and april's like it's good and i'm like what's wrong with you it's great like you know because i'm I, I smoked this thing right, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, so uh, turkey burger right, and a lot of people I know non hunters right they love turkey burger, so there you go. That's a great way, another great way. And what what's your favorite? Do you patty them out, make burgers out of them, throw them on the grill? What do you do?
1: Yeah, so man, th- this is a great story we're getting into too. But um every year in the spring in college we had a wild Turkey burger party. So anybody that killed turkeys and didn't know what to do with the meat, I said, give me those breasts, man, give me those breasts. I'm going to grind them up. And so I had, 15, 20 different people coming over. We're having some beers, wild turkey burgers, and I'm putting, you know, tomatoes, onions, jalapenos, eggs. We're, you know, we're frying eggs, putting an egg on top and Ray's rub, of course, guys. So Ray's rub is a, is an old family blend of 21 herbs and spices. It's an all purpose seasoning that my father created years ago. I've had Stevie using it for years and uh, it's, it's, it's a really quality product it's available at raiserub.com. Um, and then on Amazon too, but this is what I use for the turkey burgers. You know, I, um, I'll actually blend about half a cup in with, you know, four pounds, three to four pounds of burger. So really I'll just take like one breast or if I got extra people, I'll take two breasts. So like I said before, you got three or four pound breasts. We're looking at anywhere from six to eight pounds of burger. And I'm going to use half a cup of raised rub in there, blend that in. And then after I actually cook or while I'm cooking the burgers, I'm seasoning the outside with the raise rub too. So um, it's a, it's a really quality way to do it. Now, if you want to add a little extra flavor to the burgers, a little fat, I'll do this too. Um, I'll take a little bacon. I don't know if anybody's ever added bacon to their burgers, but especially these Turkey burgers, it makes a hell of a burger. And, and what I'll do with that, I'll do, I'll do 10 pounds and I'll do one pound of bacon.
0: Okay. Okay. So,
1: so like ten, a ten to one ratio.
0: Ten pounds of turkey, one pound of bacon.
1: Yes, sir. And I'll grind all that together.
0: Sweet. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna sidetrack real quick here. So we killed red stags a few years ago, right? And we the, the processor we used, he ground up what burger we had made. He ground up bacon, and every burger that you ate was like a bacon cheeseburger and you didn't even have to put bacon on it. It was so good. I mean, like, I'm, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm getting hungry right now. And, uh, but yeah, so go uh, back, back to your Turkey burgers.
1: <laughs> oh man. I, I love, I love the story guys. Like it's the same thing with deer too. If, if you want to blend in like 10 pounds of deer and then a pound of bacon, like those burgers are going to be a lot better than just plain venison. Now I eat, eat a lot of plain venison. I'll do stir fries and all that too. Cause a little bit of a health nut at times too, but I'm not afraid to add bacon to my damn, my damn burgers. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So you told us a little bit about Ray's rub, right? And yeah. that, that's your dad's legacy. And I mean, I tell you what, I'm, I'm not just saying this because Brody's my friend it's awesome. It's great. Right. And, but you do a lot of things. Hunting is just a small part of who you are. Right. So one thing that I want to ask you, because you are involved in a lot of things, you don't have to tell us what you, what all you do, but what drives you to chase your dreams daily. Right. Because I say how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. And so whether it's in the field hunting or if it's in the career or if it's your family, like what drives you? What is it that makes Brody tick?
1: You know, th- this is funny, but I think it's it's a personality trait, man. I-, I think it can be built in somebody over time or you have good mentors that you've seen that were successful. And Stevie, I, I admire you too, man. You're you're a few years ahead of me. You've been busting butt, successful in business. and And I think as we grow up, you know, you don't really care when you're younger about, oh, your job per se and all that. You're like, I just want to hunt and kill big bucks and catch big fish. And life's all about hunting and fishing. And then as you get older, you realize, well, I got to pay the bills. If I want to go hunt elk in Colorado, I got to be able to pay for that. So yeah, you, you got to be more reasonable about things, but but for me, I think it's a personality trait, man. There's nothing I do that I, I don't want to try to be the best at. And, and I am I accept that that's not possible all the time. There's always going to be somebody better in one area or better at the thing you want to be good at, but you're going to offer something a little bit different too, right? Yep. So- I think just highlight those skill sets that you have that, that you think you are unique in and, uh, and know that, yeah, you may not be as good at this guy at calling the Turkey, but I'm an athlete. I can get to that bird before him. So I'm going to kill it before him. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, but yeah, I think, I hope that answered the question, but it's really internal, man. Just the drive to live a life that not everyone, you know, wants to or can, Um, see the world really i I think it's i want to see the beautiful world that god put here and i think if i'm not working as hard as i can in every facet of life i'm I'm doing myself an injustice
0: absolutely absolutely and because like you said if you're not working you're not going to hunt a colorado elk because those things cost money and (laughs) unless you live in colorado (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so that's, that's one thing that we have the opportunity here to pursue and to chase our dreams. Right. And how blessed are we to live in this country? And I, I say it all the time and I try to instill that into my kids that we are blessed because there are other countries right now that you don't have this opportunity. And there are places and countries that I would love to travel to, to hunt free range animals that i would never step foot in because i we're not welcome and it's i mean that's a sad truth right and uh so we do what we can when we can and uh so one thing i want to touch on real quick well not real quick but I'll, one thing that i want to touch on brody what is your all-time favorite hunt
1: my all-time favorite hunt it's, it's not hard, man. It's, it's Titan. I killed a 177 inch drop time buck that I chased for four seasons. And the coolest part about this guys. And, and when you hunt long enough, you'll have these stories, but but hunting ties into life a lot, like the ups and downs of life. You, you put all this time in to try to be successful and and things don't always go your way, but, but there's always tomorrow or there's always next season. And as long as you keep doing it, you will find success again. Okay. So, um, my, my father, the first year I hunted this deer was diagnosed with brain cancer and I was sitting in a tree stand after this deer, um, mm-hmm. Fast forward a couple years later, dad's been through brain surgery and and he's still alive at the time. And uh, I end up killing this deer. Um, I saw him two times. The second time I put an arrow through him, watched him fall, cried like a baby, called every friend I had. Everyone knew that I spent so many nights in Ohio, sleeping in a little tiny camper, freezing my butt off, I didn't even have a heater in that thing. I didn't wanna turn a generator on because I felt like I was too close to the woods. I get a little crazy about scent control guys, but long story short, I killed a deer. Uh, It was the greatest day of my life. Still is, I believe the greatest day of my life. Um, And and what an amazing memory to share with my dad. I drove that deer home that night, hugged my dad. and, uh, And my dad's no longer here today, guys. And like these hunting stories that you have and how they connect with God and and life. I I just don't think there's anything else out there like hunting and fishing to uh, connect us to, to nature and the creator of, of the world, man.
0: So I knew that was going to be your story because that's my all time favorite Brody hunting story, right? Because I saw what that deer did to you. Yeah. Season in season out. And I, and I say this with love, you got crazy. (laughs) Like, I got up. <laughs> and but I, I admired it right because you had a goal and you had a target set and you were relentless in making that happen and you made it happen right and I know there's way more downs in that story than you shared right? oh yeah because as your friend I got to hear a lot of them right and yeah. sometimes I'm like man I want you to get this deer so bad, right? So that we could get Brody back.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) And (laughs) I think you gotta be you gotta be careful about that. And that's maturity too, right, Steve? You know, I I think I've had a lot of those times growing up where it's like I had to turkey hunt every morning of the season. I, I maybe gave myself one day off. And then I realized when you press it hunting and you press it fishing, you take some of the joy out of it for yourself. There's other obligations you have in life. We do this to enjoy it don't press guys like hunting and fishing. Don't press. If you have to miss a day and your buddy goes out and kills a bird and it's the best day of the season, there's always next season. It's okay. Like just enjoy it. Go out there when you have the time and it's fun. As I've gotten older, I've got more work obligations, man. And I know you do too and family and things like that. And, um, which those obligations are good things too, guys, you know, kids and a wife and a family is a wonderful thing. Um, it's just, you can't always be out there every day and, and that's okay. Sometimes you got to have breakfast with your grandfather, you know, sometimes you're going to do this or that. And, uh, and that's, what's important, man. Don't, don't lose sight of, of, uh, the really important things, but the outdoors are a wonderful place to find that peace too. And when you have the time, get out there and do it.
0: Yep. Isn't that crazy? how it can go from one extreme to the other, but somewhere in the middle is where you find that balance, right? And life is all about balance. I and mean, I'm not here to tell people how, how to live their life and, and how not to live their life, but you've got to find a balance. And whatever it is that you do that you love, there has to be a balance because without being able to hit that reset button, it's not worth it, in my opinion right and take that for what it may be but yeah so brody dude i agree <laughs> so brody we have covered a tremendous amount right and so i appreciate it right I, this is this has been really good and i really appreciate your time i appreciate the opportunity to catch up we haven't done this in a while and uh and but that's what's great about being great friends right you can pick up the phone and you can call and it's like you just talked yesterday and this is really what it's been like it it truly has and so i really appreciate your time and uh definitely look forward to having you back on the show
1: thank you so much man i enjoyed it and and i agree um there's a mutual respect for people that work hard you know put their best foot forward and and yeah we don't talk a ton um these days We're, we're both very busy but when we do man it's like we haven't missed a beat so
0: good deal buddy thank you man yep thank you and to all of our listeners we really appreciate your love and support and we just want to say keep hunting and keep doing what god calls you to do